0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The texts for our meditation this morning are the words that were read for you earlier from our gospel reading. When I was in college preparing for the seminary, I took courses that would be useful so that I could become a pastor. One of those courses was taking Koine Greek. It's the language that the Bible of the New Testament was originally written in, the language the people spoke. And so, one time when I happened to be in my home church, my pastor preached a sermon on this text, and he used as the theme for it, gegraptai. It's a Greek word, by the way. It's actually written up there on the top. We would transliterate and pronounce it like that underneath. And it's the word that is used for what we say it is written. It's in what we refer to as the perfect passive tense, which means it actually could be written this way. It has been written. In other words, it's written down, written down for us. And if you really want to understand what the meaning behind it is, to get the greater depth, what Jesus intended to say is, what once was written now stands forever. And that's good for us as Christians to know. What God has written down for us is true. It doesn't change. It's there for us to guide us and help us. So when you see this word, you can understand in this sermon what Jesus is really saying. What once was written, it now stands forever, devil. So get away from me. Well, for context, let's take a look at when Jesus actually spoke these words, when he was actually tempted. What happened right before it? Well, what happened right before it is Jesus was baptized. But we have this word of God that is there for us. You got the dove up there that reminds us that the Holy Spirit is often thought to have come in the form of a dove, just as he did when Jesus was baptized. This may have been what it looked like, what Jesus looked like, we don't know. But the fact of the matter is, when Jesus was baptized, God the Father spoke and he said, This is my beloved Son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Right after Jesus was baptized, we have our text, Matthew chapter 4. And we are told that Jesus was indeed led by the Holy Spirit to go up and to be tempted in the wilderness, in the desert, if you will. Did you notice that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit? That kind of seems strange to us The thing: why would God want to lead Jesus to be tempted by the devil? It's actually a precursor to the final battle the biggest battle of all when jesus would die on the cross but god the father and god the son and god the holy spirit were all three present in this time period when jesus was out in the wilderness being tempted by satan and so it's important for us as we take a look at this text to know jesus isn't alone Just as when you and I are tempted, we're not alone. When we were baptized, God said, I'm with you always. And I'm not going to leave you alone. He gives us his presence. The Spirit lives inside of us. And God is with us. Well, let's take a look at the temptation now. The first temptation we find in here, the devil may have looked something like this. This is an artist's rendering, of course. And did you notice in that first temptation that the devil is doing something similar to what he did in the Old Testament reading? Way back in the Garden of Eden, what did he say to Eve? Did God really say? And so now we have Satan saying to Jesus, if you are the Son of God. In other words, trying to create doubt in Jesus' mind. Well, the tempter came and said, if you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. It wasn't really a big deal for Jesus to take that stone and make it into bread, right? He's the Messiah. The Messiah can do anything that he wanted to do. Later on, we're going to see Jesus do all sorts of signs, all sorts of different kinds of miracles. But what would have happened if Jesus had actually taken a stone and made it into bread? He would have done just what the devil wanted him to do. And that very action would have demonstrated that he didn't trust in God. He didn't trust in God the Father to provide for him and nourish him as he had been doing these last 40 days. But God the Father was with him. And God was providing for him. And that's why Jesus could very well say to him, using God's word, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We don't need just to eat physical food. No, as human beings, God has created us to have a longing, to have a relationship with him, to eat spiritual food in his word and in communion. As Jesus comes in this bread, to give us his very body that was shed for us on the cross at Calvary. And the wine, his blood. That we might be forgiven. Of those times we have turned away from God. Those times we have spoken or, or thought or acted in ways inappropriate. Our God comes to us to help us. So the second attack now is different it's just the opposite almost of the first because Jesus had in fact shown demonstrated that he trusted in God so Jesus, so the devil takes him up to a high place in the temple and there he says to him if you really he basically says if you really trust in God why don't you just throw yourself down from this temple because God says in the Bible in Psalm 91 he's going to send his angels and they'll guard you and they'll protect you Really? Oh, my, oh, my. The devil is using God's word against Jesus. Maybe there isn't a Bible verse that Jesus can use to resist this temptation. Of course there is, and we're going to hear it. But for us as Christians, it could be very scary for us to think that the devil knows the Bible better than I do. What, what if the devil uses the Bible against me to get me to do something that is wrong? Well, my friends, remember, our God promises to be with you. Our God encourages us to read the Bible so that we can use this as a weapon. But God promises to guide us and help us And even when we sin, God says, repent of your sins and turn back to me and I will forgive you. And so we don't have to be afraid of the devil. The devil was defeated on the cross. And for that we can be thankful. Jesus is there to guide us and help us. The Apostle Paul, you might remember in Ephesians chapter 6. Says, put on the whole armor of God, and he describes all of the different armor that God has given to us as Christians. And I encourage you to review that today. But for us right now, let's look at what Jesus said. Again, Gagaraptai. It's written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, as the Son of God, he knew what God the Father wanted. And what he did is he referred back to Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse 16, Moses was getting the children of Israel ready to go into the promised land, and he said, "Don't put God to the test." And he reminded them of what they had did back in Exodus 17. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the Samaritan woman at the well, and the Old Testament reading is going to be all about this. The people were thirsty. And you can come back in a couple of weeks or look it up yourself ahead of time to see what we're going to be talking about. The bottom line is, don't test God. God knows everything about us. So Satan decides, I'm going to try one more thing. And again, I'll, I'll just tell a lie because that's what I do best. And so as Satan tells Jesus... I've got all the kingdoms of the world, and I want you to just take a look at all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory, and all you've got to do is just bow down to me, and I'm going to give it all to you. Really? Really, Satan? What kind, of kind of a fool do you think Jesus is? As a son of God, he knows God has, is the creator, and God is ruling over all things, over all kingdoms. But Satan was appealing to Jesus' human nature, that part that really would want to be in control of all things and have all the power. The transfer of that power, though, had Jesus bowed down before him, would not have been to make him a king. It would have been to make him a slave. Satan really wanted to say to Jesus, and that's basically what he was saying, Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. No, I'm going to give you all the kingdoms. I'm going to give you all the power. I'm going to make you a king over all these things. It's going to be a lot easier than having to go through what you're going to have to go through. But Jesus came for purpose, and that's why he said, Get away from me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve and then the devil left him the devil was desperate because he knew why jesus had come he thought his plans would at least be successful at least one of the temptations could be effective that's all he needed one just one but in truth he is the one who was defeated But that wasn't the last or the greatest defeat of all. No, the greatest defeat of all was when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he spoke these words, It is finished. It's finished. Satan's ability to deceive, Satan's ability to send people to hell who are believers in Jesus Christ, is gone. It's finished. The sacrifices are no longer necessary. It's finished. He died for you and he died for me. And when we put our trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are unstoppable. We are loved. We are forgiven. And God goes with us. But that doesn't mean Satan's going to give up. No, Satan is going to continue to try to deceive you and continue to try to to deceive me. Perhaps you've read the story, the book, written by C.S. Lewis called Screwtape Letters. In that, C.S. Lewis masterfully reveals how sneaky, subtle, and insidious Satan can be. The book contains the letters of screwtape, who is an experienced devil who is there to guide his inexperienced nephew by the name of Wormwood on how he can attempt to deceive certain people into believing that God does not care about them. It underscores how clever Satan is and his evil spirits in their attempts to tempt us as well. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, when you are tempted, remember, Satan's been defeated. And Jesus loves you, and he promises to be with you. And even when you turn away, turn back, as we did this morning and confessed our sins. In our text, we can see how Jesus defeated Satan by walking with God by studying the Bible, by knowing the Bible, by speaking the Bible to him. For us as Christians, I encourage you, especially during the season of Lent, give up something that you have been doing so that you can take the time to read the Bible, even for a few minutes, or devotion. Take out your Bible and find a Bible verse that's useful, one of these perhaps that we've looked at this morning and memorize it so that when Satan does tempt you, you can say, Be gone, Satan. I believe in Jesus. He is our God, and he promises to be with us. Martin Luther wrote the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, because he was going through some tough times, and Satan was really trying to get the better part of him. And that's why he wrote this hymn, And the verse 3 has this phrase, this section in there. The world's prince may still, scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. And one little word is Jesus. Amen.